Welcome to Oral Phonic, a podcast about podfic. This month's episode is about the platforms we use and how they affect our podfic. And with us, we have our hosts, myself, Petika. And Jenapod. Hello. Hello. Just us here in the big wide world, original, well, mostly, Dodie. We miss you, Dodie. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, I guess we can start with some news. Uh, I think that's happening at the moment is that Cantarina is hosting a podfic love mem. Uh, the post is over on Amplificathon, and we will link to it on our pin board. So you can ha- go and have a look and add your name and give love to other people. Basically, it's not just for podfickers, but any contributor to the podfic community. So, you know, if you're an archivist or you're a mod for challenges or you're writing meta or you're a artist or your beta or a cheerleader just pretty much anyone who is like participating in and around podfic so you basically just add your name there's a couple questions and yeah then people will give you love and you can give them love back so that's exciting and happy making i really like how this setup was done too because Mm -hmm. you're allowed to specify what you'd most like feedback on because one of the things, like, uh-huh. I, I went and put my name on it, and I listed, like, all the things that I do, but one of the things that I get a lot of love for, and I get love for it all year round, is that I host so many people. So, like, I always feel appreciated for the mm-hmm. hosting that I do. I, sure. I would rather get, like, appreciation for the podfic that I make. So one of the questions that, that you can answer when you sign up for it is to specify what you'd like to get love for. So you can say, like, please give me love for this thing. If you oh, do yeah, multiple things, you can say, like, this is what I want love for. So, like, I mean, and like I said, I listed all the things because love is love and Mm -hmm. and it's all great but you know sometimes you're more insecure about one thing than the other so it's nice to get the love in certain directions so you're allowed to you're explicitly encouraged to express what you would like your love for in this case no that's really nice i i think i'll definitely go and add my name i haven't done that yet but um i will and then see if i can give some people some nice comments to I just, I like anything where people are just coming together and saying nice things. It always makes me happy. Yeah, and there's some newer pod figures on there. So um, it's a chance to go and learn some new names and hear some new f- voices. People are linking to their pod fix. So you can go and check out people's bodies of works if you are unfamiliar with them. And uh, the way they set it up is it's kind of like mostly love meme but also kind of half friend meme so um they Mm -hmm. ask like the third question in it when you're signing up is are you okay with being friended so it's kind of like a a multi-purpose meme so it's definitely something worth checking out cool so yes go and love people yay yay the marvel universe big bang has sign up starting May 14th to the 31st. They don't have their the newest rules up yet, but I don't see why they wouldn't accept Podfic this year when they have every other year. Mm-hmm. So I assume that they're going to accept Podfic again this year. Good. I'm excited for that. I love I love a big bang mostly as a consumer, not <laughs> usually as a as a participant, but I'm always it's so exciting when you get this huge 
this this huge amount of fic all at once and it's long fic too it just makes me really happy and when they have pod fic as well it's like this double and they let it pod fic be primary work yeah which, which is good is and i rare yeah yeah i mean i think things are moving in that direction like we're getting closer but yeah a lot of so many of them it's either in a later round i don't know like bandom it was like Fix. Bandom could you, have be it could be a primary work as well. Yeah, it could be a primary work, but you had to. I don't know if they still do this, but in the beginning you had to pick a fic from last year's Bandom Big Bang. Yeah, they only did that like one or two years, and then after that they changed. It. Okay, of course they did that the years I participated. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was just really limiting because you're like, well, the point of the Big Bang is you know to do a a giant work. So what does it matter where you pull it from as long as it's correct um, fandom? They also did that cool thing. Do you remember that? They were trying to make Podfix be the be the thing that inspired something. Oh, the reverse the big the reverse big bang. Yeah. So we all kind of recorded these things that were like a little bit of a scene and then somebody wrote a fic off that audio reference or whatever it was interesting yeah don't feel like it caught on to the wider world because you know it's still but i i like that i like that the effort was made the nice thing about like music rpf fandoms is that mm-hmm. they are way more audibly motivated and they push <laughs> like they're way more Very inclined true. to include podfic in their stuff like i love it like yeah I, my that's true one of my first, like, major podfic fandoms was American Idol fandom. And, like, the response to my podfic in that fandom was way more positive than I've ever had in any fandom since. Oh, it, like, American really Idol set the bar fandom. high. <laughs> yeah, good times. Anyways, but yes. Um, in kind of general fandom-y news, not so much podfic, it's worth noting, if you've been living under a rock, that LJ this past week change their terms of service and it's it's really strange i don't know Padika, if you've signed into your lj and seen it happen to you but they offer you a terms of service in english and it says a thing like this is not the original terms of service because it's a translation the original is here and it's a link to russian so you're kind of like yeah and it's oh. it's not legally binding the yeah, russian not le- version is Right. So you're like agreeing to a terms of service in English that they're saying isn't legally blinding. And then there's the Russian version, which obviously none of us can read. Yeah. So that in itself is what like I hadn't actually heard anything yet when I signed in and I was like, whoa, what do I do with this? And kind of back when doubt freaked out. I mean, I don't know. I've since ticked the box. Yeah, I just like was like, whatever. I just accepted it and moved on. (laughs) Yeah. But I know there's been kind of a pretty giant uproar. And actually, not for any other reason, but I had been kind of, I've been thinking on and off about deleting my LJ anyway, just backing it up and getting rid of it. But I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to do. Not for this reason in particular, just for a kind of like moving on kind of reason, I guess. But a lot of people have deleted because the terms of service are tied into Russian law. They basically say you have to follow Russian law. And because of that, there's quite a bit on the Russian books about, you know, anti-LGBT stuff and political discourse. Yeah, one and- of the things in there that I know is catching attention was something like, if you post anything political, you mm-hmm. need to have it approved by LJ before you post it. Which is obviously totally insane. 
I mean, that's one of the reasons why LJ caught on so strongly in Russia and why, like, mm -hmm. LJ is the Russian word for blog was because it was a free speech platform in Russia when Russia right. didn't really have one. And it became, like, the place for free speech in Russia and all of the political leaders and rebels and whatnot flocked there so that they could spread their message around. And now it's become so such a political tool there that it's this is probably part of the response. Yeah, it's now like Putin's got his eye on it and whatever. Yeah, so so I know that the, the rest of us as non-Russians are kind of bystanders in this you know, in this situation. And as has been pointed out by multiple people, I mean, what are they going to do to somebody sitting in Britain or in America who posts an explicit fic technically against Russian law or whatever, you know, like, it, I mean, I suppose they can shut your LJ down or delete it, which yeah. yes, is a terrible, terrible thing. But everyone at least at the very least go and back up your LJ. Yeah, that's what I would say but yeah i don't i don't know about the actual ramifications for people sitting outside of russia i'd be worried if i lived in russia and but that's probably you already worried for other reasons yeah if you're lgbt or whatever and, and are sitting there yeah i was wondering too if this had anything to do because you know like lj has that lawsuit hasn't been settled or anything right about oh god um about the, oh no, the they dmca didn't. yeah yeah the dmca stuff like there's been some really interesting things that people have written up about that and i know i'll just give a you know, quick background on that for anyone who doesn't know with the digital millennium copyright act a lot of websites end up hosting copyrighted stuff when there's user generated content and the companies that own them basically are given safe harbor from the content that their users post because they're like hey we don't control what our users post but lj got into a bit of trouble because they actually hired one of the mods of Ono oh They Didn't, and they are a paid staff member. And Ono oh They Didn't is a moderated account with one of the mods on their payroll. And he's basically on their payroll to moderate Ono oh They Didn't. And yeah. so now they have this paid staff member looking over Ono oh They Didn't. And he's not the only one. There's a number of people there who did it, but he's the one that wrote a lot of the rules and, and all of that. And it puts them in a, a weird place where now they can't just say, oh, it's user-generated content. We, we're not the ones looking at it. They now have a paid staff member who technically is sometimes looking at it. And so they're losing their safe harbor safety net kind of to say that, oh, we yeah. don't know when we're hosting copyrighted stuff. There's a pretty strong case that they have violated copyright and they're being sued on it. But if I, this happens and they, they lose, it can have serious ramifications for the internet in general. Yeah, it's the precedent it's going to set. Yeah. Because even though in their specific case they did something dumb that opened them up to it, it will depend on how the decision is written, right? Because if the decision is written in vague enough language, it could easily be used as precedent for a lot of other websites even if they're not doing this very specific thing. It could kind of come out that, like, if there's any sort of moderation at all... Then you could be responsible for everything. Whatever. There's just a lot of possible ramifications out there. There's a lot of people out there trying to help LJ win this because they just are really afraid of the precedence that this is going to set. Although, technically, LJ was in the wrong here. Yeah. It's like, interesting. 
the way the law was written and with the way that they were acting and what LJ did, like they made some pretty dumb decisions that yeah. left their ass uncovered. They shouldn't have done this, but yeah, agreed. Yeah, so, so. there's your um LJ update. LJ update. Yeah. <laughs> we have one last piece of news, one last pull for confabulation, which we kind of flubbed the previous pushes for. So I'm going to do another one. Registration still open. The guaranteed swag bags that come with registration is coming to a close in like the next week or so. The deadline's coming up at the beginning of May, Mm -hmm. as well as the special hotel rates. I I believe registration stays open until the con. Uh, Their website wasn't completely clear. But uh, if you want to get the swag bag or the special hotel rates, you have until the beginning of May. I feel like we should insert her actual promo here. That's a good idea. Here it is. Hey, Earl Fanek, this is Of Just Imagine, and I just wanted to tell you guys about a new convention that's coming up called Confabulation. It's taking place May 25th through 28th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it's a multi-fandom convention where fans are just going to get together and talk about whatever they want to talk about, basically. We kind of like to think of it as a giant fan sleepover. Programming is all fan submitted. We don't have any celebrity guests or anything like that. So it's just hanging out with your friends in real life instead of on the internet. <laughs> um, I have already submitted Podfic programming for a panel to talk about sort of how Podfic is going post-archive backups not coming through and how that's affecting Podfic fandom. Um, but other people could come in if they wanted to. We could we could do some sort of trivia game or like a listening party or whatever we want, really. Uh, programming is very Podfic friendly. They will do whatever they can to facilitate a great Podfic discussion. If you'd like to read a little bit more about it or come and register, um, head over to confabcon.com, C-O-N-F-A-B-C-O-N.com. We're also at ConfabCon on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Come on over. We would love to see you. And if you have any Podfix-specific questions, um, I'm at of Just Imagine on all the places, and I'm also on the ConCom. So come on down. We would love to see you and talk about all things Podfix. Thanks. Bye. Yay. Finally. We're sorry. <laughs> So we didn't have any talkbacks this month, so we're just going to jump straight into the topic, which is how the platforms that we use to share our podfix have affected how we make and present our podfix. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of inspired by something that was said in the My Little Pony episode when they were talking about youtube and what it was like hosting on youtube which i'm just going to throw that clip in here since it is on youtube you do kind of have to follow their terms of service and everything and i definitely have seen some people get their stories taken down because they'll use a picture from the show as a cover have you ever run into any problems hosting on youtube that way the the main thing i've had problems in the past is music uh, because I always have bumper music in and out of the thing. And one time, um, there was a story that I did called March to the Scaffold. 
he had made all these suggestions during each chapter. He said, okay, when you, when you read this chapter, uh, play this music with it. And he'd suggested music. Well, you know, I was naive and I just put all that music as bumper music and got all sorts of hits. It was, it was, you know, famous things. Um, famous recordings, and, and a lot of them were Germans. Uh, Germans are very, very strict with their copywriting. They they don't let you get away with much. And SoundCloud was uh, largely German in those days. So I had to take those down. And I had a, and so I uh, commissioned um, uh, Reverb Brony, who's a musician in the fandom that I know, to do bumper music for that one. And I had to redo all the videos, and and I learned my lesson there. So now I get my music from mostly from a site called Incompetech, and he has a thing on his side. He says, you can use any of my music as long as you credit me, and so I do. So that's uh, – it's just a learning process. You you can't get away with murder, no. And that's, like, pretty different than I think a lot of podfickers in our circles work because – I don't know. Are there many pod figures that steer away from copyrighted music that you know of? I don't think so. I mean, I remember there being quite a big discussion back in the day, and I don't know if this is still going on, about, you know, you can only use this many seconds of music before it becomes, you know, a violation or whatever. I don't think that was it. Was it about it being a vi- a copyright violation or was it just like now it's too long no 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 i definitely participated in discussions about copyright violation because i know what you're talking about which is a different conversation you know like when music first started to be used like how much is too much people are putting like an entire song up front that kind of stuff but i've definitely now that you mention it i do remember while we were having this discussion at one point coming in and being like and for copyright reasons so there and then, like, a few years later, or however long later, came back and said, I've completely changed my mind on this. But uh, I do remember that, her at least leaving a comment to that effect. Yeah, I don't know who I would have been having, you know, who I would have been talking to. But I remember, you know, thinking about it. And I, and I, in a kind of way of like, oh, wow, whatever the limit was, it was way over what I needed or would have thought about using anyway. So it was really just a kind of thing where... I looked it up or had a conversation or whatever and then was like, oh, well, that's fine and didn't worry about it again. But yeah, so I don't know how that spans over to YouTube because the thing is, regardless of whether there is a rule about a period of time or whatever, when you're on YouTube, it's kind of a no strikes policy. You know, if they hear anything or see anything, they tend to just take stuff down. Well, and certainly I don't know how much the My Little Pony fandom interacts with the OTW. Mm hmm. But, like, a lot of the pod figures in our circle, or certainly all of the ones that interact with AO3 at all, are more aware of the OCW's legal team side and mm-hmm. are more likely to turn to them if they do get a takedown notice. And OCW has form letters and whatnot that you could then turn around and present to YouTube to say... Yeah. This is a legal use of the music. Put my stuff back up. Yeah, they've set up a whole thing. I think a lot of that information was passed around Mm -hmm. in the past between different podfickers, but it is nice that they've kind of made it like an official, especially for newbies or if you never had that happen to you before, things like that. I've never seen the actual wordings for podfickers, but I know I've seen 
certainly vitters talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how great YouTube is about putting it back up, but it's at least you have something to fire back with. Yeah, I've always wondered about vitters actually, because it's usually like a whole song. Yeah, but with vitters, like you've got like the argument about the transformative use of, well, yeah. I guess it's like the video clips more than the song that you're claiming rights with. But yeah, I don't know. I've got all of my vids up. None of them have been taken down. Although I know one of my vids is muted in certain countries. Oh, that's interesting. What countries? One of them is the U.S., so I'll get people complaining about that. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But, like, it plays fine in Canada, where I am. (laughs) So do you think YouTube did that? Yeah. I mean, they must have, right? That's Yeah, because they don't have the rights to play it in all countries. I mean, how do they even... Have they had... Has somebody had to go to your extra page and, like, put in... Well, they have bots that go around and recognize the electronic music signatures of the various Just works. kind of apply it. That's interesting, though. And I know, like, when I was invading eons ago, <laughs> um, sometimes people would go and mess with the music to, like, mm-hmm. take it down a step or, like, slow it down or speed it up or, like, So it wouldn't be the, recognized yeah, by the bot. to just change it that little bit. But helpful to a machine. Yeah. I know that YouTube's not the only one with those kinds of of bots that go around looking at the actual files, like the signatures within the files, but also at metadata or file names and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know that there was a while there where I think it was Mediafire that a lot of pod figures were having issues with, specifically yeah. files with like the names of names. fandoms in it. Or, like, podfix that were named after songs. Yeah, I think the problem being that they probably were looking for either somebody uploading a full song or somebody uploading a TV episode. And so they had put search terms of titles. And obviously, quite often, you might have the fandom or the, which in many cases is the TV show or whatever, or people name fix after songs all the time, you know. I think they would also, even though they were often named MP3, they were large files, longer yeah. than the typical song, and larger to download than the typical song. And if it was named something like Harry Potter, it was common in download communities for people to, you know, take a movie and just change the extension to like, yeah. you know, a document and yeah. download it. So they would sometimes ignore what the file extension was. And just look at the file name. So they'd be like, oh, this is clearly a download of the Harry Potter movie, even though it says it's an MP3. That was a case where, like, pod figures were having to change how they named their files to prevent them from being taken down without cause. Even though it was like, there was no copyright violation going on there. Trust us. It was just that it was falling into a trap that was being set for other things. Yeah. And we were just kind of getting caught up in it. I wonder how many people have adjusted the sizing of their podfic files because of, well, I'm sure it happens even to some extent today, where if you're using like the free storage that comes with the products out there where you only get like, 
you know, a gigabyte or five gigabytes of storage, and you've got a ton of podfic out there where you try and make your file size smaller. And certainly that would have happened more in the past when the file sizes were much smaller. I know I did that when I was a vitter. And I only had like 20 megabytes of space on my free (laughs) Angel Fire website. Oh my gosh. I know that I've spoken to some people about like how they make their Podvik files mono instead of stereo Mm -hmm. because that's a smaller size. I know that Cybal, when she was making all of the audiobooks, she often used like a, a smaller bit rate on the audiobooks than was, I think, the default for a lot of other people. She said she didn't hear a difference, and some other people argue that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I ever listened to that carefully to really notice one way or the other. I, I wonder how many people have made those kinds of thoughtful decisions to make sure that they could fit as much podfic as they can in their spaces. Yeah, just to squeeze a little bit more out of each file. I mean, we're pretty lucky with, like, I mean, the hosting that I've offered comes pretty much no strings attached. And same with the audiofic archive is pretty much no strings attached. Although, I think, I'm not positive, but I think the reason why all the files on the audiofic archive are zipped was to prevent them from streaming and to save on bandwidth. I was just going to say, because that would that would use up there. I mean, I, I suppose they were paying for it, right? So Yeah, it was, it was all generally paying out of pocket. The amount of streaming you could have happening, you know, with that many pl- things hosted. Yeah, because Gingerly uses DreamHost, which is the same web hosting that I have. And when it got started, like, I've had DreamHost since 2006. And the Audiofic archive's been around since, like, 2007, 2008-ish? Yeah. Maybe, and she might have had, like, her website even longer. But I know that when I got started, it was generous amounts of hosting, but it wasn't unlimited. It wasn't until later that it, it they started advertising unlimited disk space and bandwidth. So there really <laughs> Note was... Note the careful use of they started advertising unlimited. <laughs> Yes, advertising, not actually delivering. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So she would have had the files zipped just to prevent people from default streaming Yeah, when they were clicking it by accident, when they should have been right-clicking it. And again, I'm not positive that that's why she did it. I think it is, but I haven't heard it directly from her Yeah, that I can for sure say I remember. Anyways, caveats. (laughs) You're just extrapolating from the evidence. (laughs) But yeah, that was to to make sure that she could host as many people as she can and have the free downloads that she could offer without having a crazy bill at the end of each month. Like, that's one of those things that now, like, I know I was talking to her about, no longer caveats. Like, at one point, we were talking about ways to modernize the Audiofic archive, and she did wish to bring streaming to it. But it was like, damn, now everything's zipped. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Once you've started in that direction to upload, unzipped would be a massive charge. I mean, obviously, (laughs) that's not even taking into account our current 
issues, but yeah. You can't unzip them without having to like download and re-upload everything. Like a server's just a mm-hmm. computer. You can do it server side, but it would involve breaking a lot of links. Yeah. Or double hosting everything, which again, the hosting site said unlimited disk space and bandwidth, but there were giant asterisks at the end of that. So <laughs> it's one of those things that I think, I think for the most part, the Podfic fandom parts that we're most familiar with have gravitated towards parts of fandom that have the least amount of restrictions on them. Mm-hmm. So there haven't really been too many effects on their products that they're making because we like platforms that don't place those restrictions on us, which is why, like, a lot of us aren't on YouTube, for example. Although there mm-hmm. are podfickers, even in our circles that are on YouTube. And, like, you know, after listening to that episode, listening to the My Little Pony podfickers talk about, like, the massive amount of audience they reach on YouTube versus anywhere else. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Like, if you transferred other fandoms, because I suppose YouTube is video-based, but its audio is a large component of what's comfortable there, whereas in many ways, all of the things that we're using, AO3, LJ, Tumblr, whatever, are text-based and we're forcing an audio product onto it, even though somewhere like Tumblr actually has an audio thing built in. I mean, it's still something where you're, you know, Tumblr is is visual. Those are all visual places, but they're not. And Tumblr's very transient. It's not somewhere where you yeah. expect to go and spend like an hour on a single post. Yeah, yeah Which that's is true. what Podfic really is sometimes. Like there are two and five and ten minute pod fix but even spending 10 minutes on a single post seems like a lot yeah whereas you sit in youtube i mean people watch hour-long videos easy you know Mm -hmm. so it is somewhere that that people go and and spend a lot of time on one page i guess i can see how it's a natural fit for podfic but i think this is a a question of fandom spaces versus spaces for a certain kind of media because as I sit here and think about it, YouTube makes a lot of sense for Podfic as a media type, but it is not traditionally a fandom space. Whereas AO3 and LJ... That does not feel that way to me coming from a vitting background. Yeah, I've had my, like, my first experience with YouTube was as a fandom space. I put my vids up there. That's how I was first using YouTube to, you know, watch vids on it. So to be fair, we are also narrowly defining fandom in this as in like, I'm saying it's not my fandom space, but I suppose arguably you are a fan of a YouTuber. That's just a different kind of fandom. And there's lots of fanish things on YouTube beyond vids. But it's not to me, I guess it's just it's just a matter of what you consume because I watch a reasonable amount of YouTube, but nothing that I watch really overlaps with fanfic that I read or podfic that I listen to. Like it's it's a separate section of media for me. And that's a personal I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to find as far other than vids. I recognize that, but I don't really watch that many vids, I guess. Well, people go and make like fan cast videos where 
They did like that live action video of My Immortal, that Harry Potter fanfic. All right. Where they had like people actually acting it out. And you'll get that with like I've seen that happen for a lot of Harry Potter things where they'll actually get cast people and they'll act out like alternate stories or whatever. Mm, that's interesting. So yeah, I stuff- don't know anything about any of that. So oh, that's I've, probably where I'm coming from. I've seen a not a huge amount, but I don't go seeking that out. I've seen a fair amount of it considering I don't seek it out. Like there's someone did like a Hawkeye comic acted out. I'll see stuff like that. Or there's podcast type things. Well, like like vloggers and whatever. Yeah, do I guess. Spanish vlogs. I, and- I guess what I'm saying is... I don't feel like, like, you wouldn't put anything on AO3 that isn't fandom related, right? Well, yeah. Technically, it's for fanfic. It's yes, for, there's and, a lot of and we are trying to, things on Right. I, I guess that's what I mean. Like, if I say to somebody in my office, do you watch YouTube? You know, they're probably going to say yes, right? So everyone will have seen something on YouTube. If I said to them, even do you use Tumblr, the percentage is going to be much lower. Because Although like Tumblr has a lot of non it it does, but I mean just on the sliding scale of like I don't know what kind of sites are available and known to norms as opposed to like mm-hmm. super serious fandom people I don't know like I feel like there's there's yes. a sliding scale there for, and and to me, YouTube sure. is is much more on the Muggle side I guess for sure it is very much a mainstream. That's what I'm saying, even though it's coming out a little bit. I mean, I definitely don't want to, like, not allow the idea of all the things that we don't, that I don't, you know, think immediately of as fandom. Like, you know, things like, I don't know, I mean, I'm, it, people who watch gaming channels, that's a fandom of its own, right? Like, that is a, it's a kind of fandom, but it's just not my immediate experience. Yeah. But I think there's also a lot of stuff that's just... This actually makes me think of... Back in 2010, there was kind of like a scare in podfic fandom when some podfics ended up, ended up in quotation marks there on last.fm. Oh. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yeah. So like someone was kind of scrolling through last.fm and they saw their podfics or someone's podfics and Feijay specifically kind of freaked out and did like a ranty post on Amplificathon. Mm-hmm. And it turned out the podfixes weren't on on last.fm, but people that use last.fm oh um, had them when they saved. listened to podfix, the metadata of the podfix were brought into last.fm mm-hmm. and they were showing up in last.fm as though they were any other piece of music. And so There was some like, oh, kind of like, and it was brought up later as an example when like that Goodreads wank broke out. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of like, oh, fanish works being incorporated into non-fanish spheres because people use their fanish stuff in conjunction with non-fanish things. And these scrapers just scrape the fanish stuff up with the non-fanish stuff. Yeah. And so, like, they ended up, people kind of calmed down when they realized that the podfix themselves weren't up there. And people were especially concerned because last FM, when you looked at the actual, like, metadata for it, there was a button under it saying that you could purchase it. 
And so they were like, not only are they hosting my podfic, they're selling it. But when you clicked on it, they're like, oh, we don't actually have this in our database. So it was not as scary. But in the discussion there, I think I was talking with Feige, where she mentioned that she would be incredibly upset if her podfix ended up on YouTube. Because, like, even her freaking mom uses YouTube. Like, everyone. Well, that's what I mean, norms. That's what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, but like, how hard. Would you have to look to yeah. find something on YouTube by accident? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, there's so much content on YouTube. Like, it's not something that you're just going to stumble into. Because, yeah, there's a lot on Unless there. they're weird, freaky metrics somehow were like, oh, this person who you email all the time recently watched this video, so we suggest it for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, so having, like, a separate, and if you podfic under a name that you also use in your real life, like, like, Jennifer is a name that you use in your real life, mm-hmm. that Technically, I don't podfic under that, but sure, that was part of the reason. And, and that's why you created that separation, so that it was less likely to happen. It's just one of those things that, like, if you create some sort of barrier, like, where, okay, this is the name that people know me by, and mm-hmm. then you're like, I'm going to use a completely different name for my fanish stuff. Which, to be fair, yeah. a lot of... We used to be better at. We're all really lax nowadays. Yeah. Like, there was a lot more like, this is your, your fanish pseudonym, and no one in your real life can know about it. Whereas the kids now, are just using their real name nowadays. Yeah, like, it's a lot... But, to be fair, like... People are a lot more casual about their the stigma stuff. is like yeah is, is minimized. So and I get that like I put my finished stuff on my actual work resume. So yeah. <laughs> in the past when I got into fandom, people are like, "I'm gonna get fired if someone finds out about it." So like yeah. it's changed. Anyways, like actually after all of this talk, I'm now kind of like. Maybe I'll try putting some of my podfix on YouTube now. I'm I'm interested in it as an idea. Um, I feel weird about the monetary component. Like, plus you have to get quite a lot of views for that business, right? Which I I don't see happening. Also, I mean, there are podcasts on YouTube as well, right? Like, that's there are some people who post their podcasts there. Yeah, and like I said, with the monetary thing, it's. A feature you have to turn on. So if you feel weird about the the fandom monetary disconnect, then that's good. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, why would they give you money if you don't want it? Yeah, I deliberately didn't turn it on with my vids. And then at one point they asked me if I wanted to turn it on. And (laughs) I said no, because I was like, this is my vids. It seems like a good way to get sued. But like I had to get over 200,000 views on one of my vids before they asked me to turn it on. And the thing is, if you don't turn it on, then there's no commercials on your vids. Ah. They will put commercials on regardless of whether you s- turned it on if they find copyrighted materials in there. So most of my vids have commercials on it because they recognize the music in it. I watch tons of YouTube channels that don't have commercials. I was under the impression that you could still make money even if you didn't have commercials. Well, the commercials can be along the side like it can be ads on the side it doesn't have to be yeah okay that's what i thought all right sorry 
you you saying that like calling them commercials rather than yeah. ads is but commercial is probably the wrong word. That was a miswording on my part. The other thing about that last FM scare, mm-hmm. I wonder if anyone actually changed the metadata on their podfic because of it. Yeah, so that it wouldn't show up. Between that and also like the media fire thing, like I know people changed their file names. Yeah. Because Mediafire was taking their stuff down. But I wonder if they actually changed the, the uh, metadata. metadata. Knowing pod figures, somebody out there did. Yeah. We are a paranoid bunch. <laughs> to say the I, least. I know, like, pod figures can be even more paranoid than, like, some of the other people in fandom. Just because, like, we feel that our voice is more identifiable than, like, mm-hmm. your writing style or your vitting, like, your vitting sure. style. It's a lot harder to deny. I mean, you can argue that. I mean, I know. We've had this conversation before. Blah, blah, blah. You can fake voices. Blah, blah, blah. Things can be done with the computer. Blah, 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 et cetera. Lots of people sound, you know, it's not like you're the only one who sounds exactly like you, et cetera. But it still feels closer than writing on a page does. You know, there's no getting away from that. Yes. Now, I would say a natural extension of that would be YouTube. Is there anyone out there podficking with their face up? On YouTube, oh, like telling I'm a story. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm sure there is, but yeah. What would you do with your face, though? You would just be sitting there because you can't. You'd have to read, so you'd have to have even if it was off screen, like teleprompter style. You would still just seems awkward. I would never be able to do that because I flub way too much. Well, I mean, they they do edit. You know, like YouTube videos get edited. No, I flub it would be way like- too much. Like. <laughs> All of my, like, half my sentences are are Frankenstein sentences. Well, I don't know how you, uh, you're editing. Uh, Yeah, like, no, I could not. Make me crazy. I still think it's weird. I don't know. Maybe it'd be like you were telling them a story so they'd like to see your face. Is there, I've never actually hosted any podfic on Tumblr. But there is, like, a, a limitation for how big the file size can be, right? So yeah, file sizes on Tumblr. So we've narrowed it down through process. We can't find this written online anywhere, but it appears to be there's a limit of somewhere between 10 to 15 megs. Which, which is, is not, not very large. a massive file, especially when you're talking about audio files. Like how long... It's meant for music. It's not meant for podfics, like, really. Yeah, I would think more than like a 10, 15 minute podfic, you're in trouble. Remember back in the day when people would do short podfics through LJ's phone posts? Yes. Good <laughs> times, folks. Good times. Oh, I love it. LJ of the phone posts. Oh, my God. Uh, the memories. Yeah, that's... Wow. Man. Going super old school now. Okay, not super old school. If we really wanted to go old school, we could talk about the limitations of cassette tapes. Oh, yeah. But that is definitely before either of our times. Yeah, we're not that old, guys. Yeah. I mean, okay, okay, we're old enough to have had cassette tapes in our childhood, but not for Podfic. No. That one dedicated Xena fan who did cassette tape Podfics that were not called Podfics at the time. I don't know, like, if you were exclusively trying to host your Podfics through Tumblr... Yeah, it seems like it'd be really difficult. And that's, like, a limit per day, not per yeah. post. 
So yeah. you would have to be posting like in so many parts every day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've done an hour podfic. I'll be posting it in six parts over the next week. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. I suppose it's kind of like posting a WIP fic, I guess. Or I guess you could have like six Tumblr accounts. I <laughs> said people. Part two is at Podica 2. Part three is at Podica 3. You yeah. laugh, but that's oh, totally oh. how I worked my Angel Fire accounts oh, back when, in my vidding days. Yeah, but we are too modern to be dealing with that bullshit. Like, back in your Angel Fire days is fine. Today, <laughs> when, I mean, when YouTube exists, when media fire exists, like, go, whatever. Go get a SoundCloud. Go get then, a... Yeah, SoundCloud. Like, why are you hosting on Tumblr? What are you doing? <laughs> so I assume that most people who post podfic to Tumblr are hosting somewhere else and linking the MP3 like we do with the podcast. Yes. Must be. Because it's just not practical. I guess if we're talking to you about platforms and limitations, one of the other main platforms that we use is AO3. Yes. And it doesn't host, so it doesn't have those kind of effects. But it is limited in which streaming services it allows. Oh, yeah. So there's only a couple of the Flash streaming codes that it allows on site. So you either have to click through and stream off-site or use a few of those on-site ones. And a lot of the downloads you have to click through and go off-site to get. But I don't know if that's necessarily made people change how they podfic their stuff. It might change where they choose to host their stuff. Yeah, but not like... Probably the thing that I've noticed, AO3 has changed how people podfic their stuff is more in like, for example, Rena has started like incorporating all of the header tags in her intro to a podfic to give you content warnings. Yeah. I mean, it it is one of those things, you know, it's a personal preference, but if you have a ton of podfic on your phone or your whatever, it is hard to tell just by clicking through what, you know, metadata doesn't always follow, follow over and everyone does metadata differently. So they may not have, you know, all the stuff about fandom and certainly not the summary or, you know, like not everyone puts that stuff in there. You may or may not even be able to get to it through which, whatever facility you're using. So it's nice, I think, to put that stuff up front, but then some people think it really clutters the podfic to do that. So, you know, yeah. It would be my preference to have as much information as possible in the audio file, actually, even though I'm not always good about doing it myself. I think, too, the way that AO3 has changed Podfic is more in sometimes our cultural norms, mm -hmm. just in, like, how we'll use the inspired buys. And some of us rely on that inspired by as our notification instead of leaving a comment for the author. Although I don't know if people do that as much anymore after that time period when the notification wasn't going out to the author. Yeah, I think it's more stuff like that than how we actually create our podfix. Yeah, because, I mean, as much as we are squeezing podfic into the AO3, which wasn't really made for podfic, there, you know, it's a pretty open program for putting things, you know, like people have made skins, you can put in streaming, you can put, you know, like it's not, it's not that restrictive for our particular avenue, I don't think. 
So there's not that much need to bend to their structure. Mm -hmm. It's more the things that we, I think, as a community have done are more things like creating the podfic tags so that searching would be easier. You know, the naming conventions, you know, putting podfic in the name itself, like in brackets and things like that. But those are to do with searchability and, and, um, you know, organization rather than the podfic itself. And, you know, it's one of those things, I think, where fandom as, as a whole and our corner of fandom specifically tends to go where we'll get the most freedom. If we go somewhere and it doesn't feel free, we don't stay there. Like, that's just not where we're going to make our home. On that note, we should probably get to Rex. So I have two Rex this month. They are both Daredevil Podfix. The first one is Rules by Schmaler, and it is written by Witchery 9. And it's this really kind of sweet story about Matt and his rules for how he deals with Foggy. And I just, like, okay, my favorite Daredevil stories are where they're massive dorks in love with each other. And they're too big of a dork to realize that they're both massive dorks in love with each other. And that is exactly what this podfic is. And so it's all about the various rules that Matt has to control his behavior around Foggy so that he will not scare Foggy away and so that he can keep him in his life. And Schmeller just has like this very earnest voice and just it works really well for Matt and his like longing for for Foggy so it's it's awesome you should go listen to it (laughs) and the other podfic I am wrecking is Night Nurse by Growlery also written by Witcherly Nine And it is all about Claire, who is the best part of Marvel Netflix TV series. And it was, although now I'm not sure if this is where they're actually going with her in the TV series, but they kind of were implying that she is the night nurse, which is a character in the comics. Okay. And so this is kind of about her setting up her night nurse practice and the night nurse is a character who basically any superhero or villain can go to and get medical help from and she will help them out no questions asked and no bloodshed in in her her station and uh it's it's about her setting it up and dealing with her clients and whatnot and it is lovely and um, Growlery did a great job with it. So those are my two wrecks. Um, let's see. Okay, so I also have two wrecks. The first one is a Yuri on Ice, because one of the few things I have been listening to is lots of, well, what you can find of Yuri on Ice stuff. And it is called With Fire in Her Eyes. It's read by Annalise Owono and Opal Song, and it's written by Asuka Kureiru. Also, Askirion is her kind of secondary name on AO3. 
I don't know what she normally goes by. This is a <laughs> this is a Yuri on Ice Pacific Rim fusion. I haven't actually seen Pacific Rim, but this is like the third fusion that I've read or listened to in the last like two weeks. I don't not on purpose. It, in different fandoms, it just keeps happening. So I'm getting like a vague idea of the movie <laughs> without meaning to. It's kind of weird. And this one's like it's a bit angsty. It's a bit go out there and do it, you know, kind of, which I guess is a Pacific Remy kind of thing. But basically, they're they're not skating. They're they're doing this mind melt business. They're, uh, they're fighting in giant mech suits. <laughs> Jaegers, whatever. See, giant fighting robots, as it says in the in the podfic. It's just, it's, I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed it. I feel sometimes I like to just pick something like that completely random and just kind of fall into the story because you don't know anything about it. So I would recommend this, whether or not you know Pacific Rim. Still fine, <laughs> because because it's still Yuri and Victor, and it's still like joy in doing something well, I guess, doing something together. Um, and also there's there's like a bit where Victor is like, I don't know if this is from the movie, this idea, but he's like talking about the machine that that he's that they used to be in and he's talking about it like it's really beautiful like i feel like he's talking about skating but he's talking about this machine i don't i don't know (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's interesting i i enjoyed it um the second one is completely different and it is a fast and the furious one very short called channel surfing written by astrolat and read by rena jenkins I haven't seen the new Fast and the Furious movie, but I plan to see it soon. Have a little cadre of of London fangirls who are like vaguely weirdly obsessed with these movies that I somehow got sucked into years ago. <laughs> I still have not seen a single one of those movies. I mean, they're insane and ridiculous and like not at all the kind of movie I would watch and yet they're really enjoyable. Like I don't I can't really explain it. Part of it is like a group watching activity, right? There's something to that. But yeah, there's like a real heavy current of UST running through them. And obviously, this is the first one without Paul Walker. So like, that's going to be something. But yeah, I don't know. So this this one is like a little 20 minute fic between the kind of two main, mostly between the two main women. And there's also like a a kind of it's not a threesome, but it's it's a kind of love triangle situation happening, but not in a like, not in a traumatic way, more in a like, they seem to make out when they're drawn. I don't know, it, it pulls in the the kind of UST in the um in the movies, but while still being protective of the actual girl guy relationships in the movies, which is a thing that I really like. If you're respectful of it and manage to work it in too, I always think that's cool. And I like I like all the back and forth between Mia and Letty because I they're both characters which I think are for a movie that's all about explosions, it has, you know, fairly decent representation between the two of them. Like they're both interesting characters. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, and it's Rena, so you know it's good, right? <laughs> and so if you you know get get you in the mood for the movie, I might look for a couple more and see if there's how much. I don't know how much uh, Fast and the Furious podfic exists out there. Really, can't be a huge genre. You say that. <laughs> I say that. Who knows? Maybe it's massive. I guess I'll find out. Um. Yeah. So those are my two kind of kind of a bit random this this month, but um been a kind of low on the podfic month for me too much uh, tax stuff going on instead <laughs> Fun definitely times. yeah definitely not as enjoyable but what are you gonna do um yeah i, I guess that's it 
I'm totally looking up how many Fast and the Furious podfics are on AO3. 43. <laughs> See, that's not a huge amount. I mean, it's enough that's, to keep you busy for a while. That's pretty big for, for podfic fandom, though. Like, yeah. that's putting it in, like, the top, the top, like, 60 fandoms, probably. All right. I mean, it's more, it's definitely more than I thought there were going to be, let's be honest. Granted, that's the podfic and podfic works, so there might be a few fics in there. Yeah, there could be some doubling up. But anyway. still, not terrible, you're right. So, there was one thing that we wanted to put in before we closed out. Yeah. Um, and that was mostly that we are actively looking for other hosts to join us. We're getting to the point where we've talked about a lot of things, and I know that we're inadvertently repeating ourselves as topics merge. And I don't know, I, I think it's one of the important parts about this fandom is hearing different people's voices. So it would be really great if not just a guest host, but if people showed up more often, even if we had a rotating crew of people who showed up every couple months, you know. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, let us yeah. know. We or never, if you have ideas for topics, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, we never had someone come in to replace Dodie when she left. And we were kind of hoping to have more than just one person join us to mm -hmm. replace Dodie, but maybe having a couple people come join us so that um, we could get that multiple voices in. So, um, and if you aren't sure if you'd like it, if you would like to do like a test episode or something... Mm -hmm. Before you commit, let us know. Um, we're yeah. we're open to that. So yeah, if you're interested at all, reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. So I think that's it that we have for this month. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. See you next month. Bye. Bye.